You're listening to the Concession Stand Podcast on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. From movies and TV to consoles and video games. Don't let your geek flag fly with your hosts, Nick Howe and Andy Nelson. Concession stand. This is episode number 43. I am your host, Nick Howell, sitting across from me, Mr. Andy Nelson. How are you, sir? I am doing great as usual. Uh, episode number 43. So the first thing that came to my mind You was, told me this one was going to be special. Uh, for you. Oh. Okay. So I think the first thing that came to my mind was the the great closer in baseball, Dennis Eckersley, Ooh. with the sweet stash and the sweet mullet, kind of. He wore number 43. That's the first thing that came to my mind. But then I thought about it further. You're going to like this. I remember a certain light blue NASCAR stock car back in the early 80s that wore number 43 and then became a legend and has his own driving school. And if there was ever a person that was about beer and octane and driving and all that sort of stuff, it would be the king himself. Richard Petty was number 43 on the NASCAR circuit. And if anybody gets it, that guy gets a Stone Cold salute. I said, give me a hell yeah. Mm-mm. What do you think of that one? Being a Charlotte, North Carolina native, <laughs> yeah. the home of NASCAR, if you will, uh, and he is a Carolina boy from what I understand, uh, amazing. Wow, you pulled that one out. I did not see that coming at all. Yeah, we got 44 coming next week. Can you think of a few? Don't think about it now. Nope. We'll, we'll talk about it in a second. <laughs> so here's the thing. We've, we've, we've taken some feedback from some of the listeners, and, and what we're going to try and do is, is switch it up a little bit this week, right? Things are changing a little bit about how we're going to do this, so here's how we're going to do this. We're going to try and do less newsy-type items. As much as you've enjoyed our little side comments on some of these news items we've read, you've probably already heard them by the time we've recorded, right? So we're going to give you a couple of them, and then we're going to go ahead and go right to the lobby and just talk about big-picture items, right? Right. We're also going to talk about Game of Thrones in a moment, but Nick, first, how was your week? I was fantastic, actually. So a lot's going on with the network, but we won't get into that again. I'm actually revisiting a game from last year that I think didn't get the credit that it deserves, and that's Doom. Okay. Kind of the reboot of that franchise. I think they're going to do some more of those over at id, and I'm looking forward to playing them because i got to say, if you like first-person shooters, if you like blowing demons up with really big friggin' guns... And who doesn't? Who doesn't, right? If you play video games, that's kind of the bread and butter. Uh, Doom 2016 is absolutely brilliant. Go out and get it. I believe it's on sale in the yeah, $20, $25 range for sure, now. sure, right now, yeah. It's one of the best games of last year, in my opinion. It's nothing like that... No man's guy crapped it <laughs> i thought we we're never gonna mention the name that again she'll never be mentioned again it's brilliant <laughs> okay uh shout out to dirty bits who put up a i think it's julie some kind of name i, I can't pronounce properly but, but it's uh, not Denis Villeneuve. oh we did get it in remember when we weren't going to but we did now yeah. okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> we got it in <laughs> Uh, yes shout out to the dirty bits over there that episode's fantastic it's a little bit of aria stark Ooh. With a smattering of Miley Cyrus and Ronda Rousey mixed in. So wow. she was a character. Wow. Definitely check out that episode wow. over at orbitaljigsaw.com. Also wanted to take a moment to uh, give a shout out to Kato Pong, whoever that is, for leaving us a brilliant review on the iTunes store that was the subject line, like brothers from another mother. Oh. And that immediately warmed the, the cockles, the, yes. in, the, inner, the yes. inner parts, right? <clears throat> Seriously, humans. What are you doing if you're not listening to the concession stand? Andy and Nick are so entertaining to listen to, and I feel as if I'd known them for both for years. 
They research each pop culture news clip very, very well and provide humorous insight into movies, TV, and much, much more. The show is extremely well-paced with delightful segments like The Lobby, movie reviews, and their weekly Stone Cold Salute. (laughs) (laughs) On top of it all, we're just really swell gentlemen, apparently. Thank you very much, Kato Pong. That was probably one of my favorite reviews I've ever gotten. Yeah, that was a good one. And here's the thing. All we've always tried to do here is just have you guys hang out with us as we talk about the stuff that you like, that we like, and we just want you to sit down, have a beer with us, and enjoy the show. So that's an Awesome review. Thank you so much, Kato Pang. Kato Pang. Kato Pang. Whatever. Sounds yeah. like some villain from the He-Man universe. Or an old Atari game, either way. Yes. How about you, Andy? What, uh, what's what been happening for you the last week? Well, I talked about it a little bit last week on the show. On Saturday, I went to the Hollywood Bowl, and I watched uh, the Raiders of the Lost Ark. <gasps> But it was different than just watching the Raiders of the Lost Ark at the Hollywood Bowl. So what happens is the L.A. Philharmonic Orchestra is below this giant screen that they have above you know, the, the bowl shell. And you're watching the movie and they play the entire score as you're doing it. So think about that for a second. You're watching Raiders of the Lost Ark. And Rangers? An, what? Rangers, Rangers of the Lost Ark? Did I say Raiders or Rangers? <laughs> what did I just say? Raiders of the Lost Ark, yes. right? And, and there is an orchestra playing every single music cue from the entire movie. And that is a movie where the music doesn't stop. Okay, so it was an hour and then they do an intermission where they just uh, they pick a part and they're like, okay, we're done for a second. (sighs) They stop. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then people go get their beers and their popcorns and they come back and then they watch the rest of the movie and then the orchestra continues to play. Here's the only complaint outside of the fact that the L.A. Philharmonic was amazing and it was still the greatest movie that you'd seen from Spielberg. Still his best work, in my opinion. Um, my biggest problem with it was once the credits started on the screen and the orchestra is still playing, by the way, people get up and they start leaving like the movie's over, but the orchestra is still playing, which is like a major like party foul. In my opinion, the orchestra is still playing and I'm screaming at people like, Hey, they're still playing. What what are you doing? Leaving trying to get to your car or whatever. Wait two (laughs) minutes. Let the orchestra finish. Give them their standing ovation that they deserve. And then you walk to your car, man. I mean, come on. Right. Right. Oh, and you'd been to that. You've been to that venue a number of times. Oh yeah. But uh, we saw John th- Williams last year. Yeah. Speaking of Raiders. Yeah. Right? So hopefully, I'm hoping at some point they do this with like Jurassic Park or another big John Williams score. I would love to see like Danny Elfman's Batman. Oh, that'd be amazing, right? I heard you might be going to see Hans Zimmer next week as well. Uh, Friday, yeah. A couple this week, of, wow. Uh, same. My best friend Brad uh, got tickets to Raiders, and then he got tickets to Hans Zimmer. So we're going to go and see. It's not like one movie. It's more of like his greatest hits. So we'll be sitting there and listening to Hans Zimmer doing his thing. So I've probably, heard amazing things about this show. I have two. Uh, this is the only uh, show in L.A., and it's probably going to be a bunch of things in 6-8 time signature for all of you music <laughs> fans out there that understand what that means. But yeah, um, the only other thing I did this week, uh, yesterday, last night, after I got back from a long day at Disney, was sit down and play the next installment of the Batman Telltale game. I uh, We talked about this before, yeah. so it's it's kind of like you're watching a movie and you hit a couple buttons every now and then as you're watching a movie and you make decisions that might affect something, right? The thing that's cool about this is it actually, uh, it, your game here is affected by, they, they did a whole... Uh, two-face like five episode arc last okay. year or earlier this year right so every decision that i made in that game actually affects the start of this game no shit very cool right that so is cool yeah so it's 25 bucks only the first episode is out and they'll start to get released as we go on so is this a panel kind of thing uh in the sense of like a comic book not really this is like it's like you see things move and it's tough to explain if you've never played a telltale game um it's a different style of game but it's more immersive and you're in sort of like watching a movie and then make decisions and like oh no there's a guy about to punch batman hit a like you have to do it's like real time stuff so <laughs> yeah. you have to hit stuff as it's happening so yeah one other thing i kind of want to bring up while i'm thinking about it and we're uh, we're in the superhero world right so 
this whole Henry Cavill's mustache and blah, blah, blah. So the Justice League is is a part of like the talk, right? And here's my thing. Justice League, they're, they're not talking about Superman being in the movie. And we saw this four-minute trailer, which you liked, I liked, some people don't like it, whatever. And we don't get any sort of mention that Superman is in this movie, right? Uh, but we all know... Lois Lane was in the trailer, though, Sure, which but makes we all no know sense. that Superman is in this movie. In the poster, there's the Superman logo, even though he's not in the big picture, right? Um, we also know that... Henry Cavill is doing reshoots with a mustache for Justice League, which would insinuate that Henry Cavill as Superman is in this movie. What are they doing with this? Why aren't they actually letting this guy be a part of the marketing campaign? I have two reasons, and, I, and I'm going to ask, ask you if this, if this makes sense. Here's, here's what I'm getting at. If Superman isn't in the movie, which he is, why are we not talking about it? Are we not talking about it because they don't want to do the same thing that happened with Suicide Squad? I'm wondering if Superman doesn't show up until the very end and does something. So rather than take their entire marketing campaign around Superman and then people are like, wait a minute, Superman's not even in it, a la the Joker mm -hmm. in Suicide Squad, maybe that's part of it. But at the same time, if you're going to market a Justice League movie, you have to take Superman and make him a part of your marketing campaign. He is one of the most recognized characters intellectual properties in the entire world why would you not do that i don't know and it's it's funny to me because he is my favorite superhero yeah. um I, yours is batman if i'm not mistaken of course. correct yeah uh so he is my favorite superhero so knowing that he is a big figure of the justice league it's really disappointing to me that he's not being used as part of the marketing campaign but i totally get your point did they learn a lesson by over marketing the joker and then giving us the Suicide Squad movie. Maybe. Is this the inverse of that? Kind of feels like it. So you might be onto something there. Maybe. But at the same time, can't we just say that he's in it? I get like I've seen like bags in stores and in grocery stores of like to say Justice League and he's <laughs> on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did he have a mustache? No. Oh, okay. Well, Andy, let's move on and talk about Game of Thrones. We have to. Because I want you guys to know that at least for the next three weeks, this is gonna be a thing. We're, we're going to talk about Game of Thrones, and I know we have avoided spoilers as much as possible, but we're going to break things down a little bit more today because I want to talk about three big takeaways. Now that we're at least we're more than halfway through this yeah. season at this point, we've got three more episodes already. It's going to be over. Uh, and before, I'm going to go crawl into a corner in the fetal <laughs> position and cry for the next three months, but and, until we get destiny or something, and then I'll have something to do again. At least we'll have football. Oh, anyway, um, some big things have started happening the last couple of episodes and specific to episode four, I, I really want to break down three big things. First of which, uh, this season seems to have a theme of bringing the Stark children home. Uh, the overall we've seen so far in four episodes, all of the Stark kid, the remaining Stark children have come home after, and we have not seen them in Winterfell uh, since season one. Yeah, six we, years. Yeah, we might have seen Jon Snow last season when he retook it, but and, and Sansa for that matter. But at the yeah, for the first time, we're seeing the Stark kids reunited. And it feels so good. <laughs> and it's awesome. And it chokes you up. And it it's, it's fantastic. But they don't really give you any indication of where this is going. And I think this is going to be one of the big cliffhanger thematic elements to the end of this season. Well, they've all changed. They weren't... The last time they were all together, they were completely different people. And they've all changed since this. I mean, Arya coming back to Winterfell this week is a different Arya from before. This is an assassin, uh, completely well-trained, like almost a stone-cold killer yeah. Arya. 
But there was still a moment where Sansa was kind of questionable of her and Arya was kind of like, this is who I am now. But I love the fact that like they still at the end of the day were like, we're sisters. They were excited to see each other. They give each other big hugs. And we see Arya do her thing against Brienne of Tarth. And you're like, wait a minute. Uh, Brienne's like one of the greatest sword fighters ever. And Arya's like standing toe to toe with her. And then Arya's watching jerk little finger is watching or sansa like, you mean yeah sansa, sorry sorry yeah, yeah yeah sansa's watching little finger's watching and we're seeing all of this this happen and and whoa the only thing we haven't seen yes we can get to the brand thing in just a second we're gonna get to a point i hope in this season i hope maybe this week we'll see when john stark actually sees all of them too and to me that's the big moment when john stark's able to like hug his little sisters yes. that's gonna be really cool yeah and Part of this episode was uh, Arya, Sansa, and Bran. By John Stark, I meant Jon Snow, sorry. Oh, okay. (laughs) The busted. Uh, We got to see Arya, Sansa, and and Bran together for the first time since season one when they were little kids. That was six years ago, guys. Yeah. Really think about that for a minute. They've come come full circle. Anyway, they're at the old tree, the old gods uh, in the tree, and... Bran is just, he's not Bran anymore. God, no. He no. is something else. He's the three-eyed raven. He is, <laughs> there was a funny meme that went around this week that was, that's so three-eyed raven. <laughs> and it was Bran sitting there. Anyway, hilarious. Uh, I don't even know what to think about Bran right now. We have no idea. The books, the content in the books, as far as I know, don't even cover what's going no, on right now. We're past it now, right? So it, it's, it, it, it'll be interesting to see. Now, what we've what they've alluded to is that Bran is now all-encompassing, can see all of the old time and the new time and yeah. what's going to happen and what has happened. So they did allude to the fact that John's in the next episode this Sunday that John is going to have a conversation. John, I'm assuming John's going to return to Winterfell with all the dragon glass to make the weapons, and he's going to have a conversation with Bran. This is what they've shown us in the trailer for for this week, where he's going to tell them about going east around to yeah. the, the East Watch or whatever it is. Yeah, because right? in the trailer he said Bran's vision was this. How would he know Bran's vision if he doesn't actually get to talk to Bran or hear about it? Uh, and something you've picked up on and many fans have picked up on is that if you watch the opening animated sequence, the title sequence, when they pull away from the wall, when they pull into the wall, there's a river that flows that's still water on the right of the wall, uh, the eastern edge. But when you pull away from the wall, it's completely frozen over. Yep. And this started in episode one of season seven this season, and yep. it's been the exact same. It wasn't a mistake because it's been the exact same for all four episodes. Yep. So this feels very planned. It's kind of alluding to what we're going to get. Um, I, I'm much more that we'll talk about that as the season goes on. The next big thing I want to talk about that happened was we had some, a very intimate moment between Jon Snow and Daenerys Targaryen this week where uh, he was he had found all of the dragon glass yep. inside of the cave, uh, and Daenerys came to... We'll call her Danny. Sure. Danny came to see, hey, how's your progress going down here? Everything good? <laughs> Uh, puts her construction hat and her safety vest on and goes inside the cave uh, with Jon Snow to this dark, you know, cave where there's all kinds of paintings and what we would consider like old ancient hieroglyphs or anything like that, right? And it actually showed all of the White Walkers on the wall. And there was this moment where you saw Danny just go, oh, he's actually telling the truth. Yeah, yeah, way to go. The beauty of this scene, though, and they called this out in the after the episode uh, review sort of thing, was there was this this moment where these guys, these these two people, are wanting to bend to each other's or wanting the other one to bend to their will, right? But at the same time, they're they're kind of starting to get attracted to each Which other. Which is weird. It's kind of like a Luke and Leia thing, right? Because technically, they're kind of related. 
I think they might be like second cousins. Yeah, they're yeah. nuts. As we all know now that. at this point, spoiler alert, yeah. Jon Snow is the son of Lyanne Stark and Rhaegar Targaryen. So right. he has the dragon blood in him. So, so isn't Rhaegar Danny's dad? Yeah. So yes. wouldn't that make him her brother? Ooh, half that's brother? We, yeah, yeah, half brother. Ooh. So we got like I said, we got a yes. we got a more Luke. incest yeah. in Game of Thrones. We got a Luke and Leia. Wait. We got a Luke and Leia thing going on. It could get weird. It could get weird. <laughs> that hasn't stopped Game of Thrones before. <laughs> no, it has not. The other thing is is that uh it referred these symbols that they saw in the cave referred to the, if you remember back to season one, we saw the um, uh, the Night's Watch guys oh. all stumble across these uh, yeah. stumble upon these symbols it's in body parts yep. on the ground, almost like crop circles mm-hmm. made out of body parts. Uh, and it, these are, these are the kind of symbols we were seeing in this cave. Um, and what they told us was that these images were derived from the children of the forest or from M Night Shyamalan signs. <laughs> Shyamalan ding dong. <laughs> uh, I think. The interesting part of this is that we still, as far as I know, and I may be wrong about this, retraction imminent. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, we, I don't know that we know whether the White Walkers are the children of the forest or they were created by the children of the forest. Yeah, we don't know. And, 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 and I don't know if that's been yeah, all said. Of, all of you Game of Thrones super book people that know this stuff that we don't, please. Tweet hit us. us. Yeah, tweet us, us. Hit know. us up because we, we wish we knew, but we yes, don't. We don't. Sorry. I can't believe those guys don't know that. And of course, we cannot talk about this week's Game of Thrones without the penultimate uh, Daenerys Targaryen finally lost her shit. <laughs> yeah, to say and the least, it was least. about time because it took four episodes to get to the point where it was like, "All right, you know what? I just I just traveled all around the world. I've been raped, and my husband died, and uh, all of this stuff, and they've been killing my peoples, and I freed every, all these people. You know what? I'm gonna go murder some folks. Yeah, and I'm gonna it's gonna be those nasty Lannisters. Nasty Lannisters. You know? <laughs> Uh, so we get this epic scene. It, you can only describe it as epic with the Dothraki horde, tens oh. of thousands coming up over the top of this hill. Yeah. And Jamie Lannister basically going, yeah, we can hold them off. No, you can't. All of a sudden, here comes Dorgon just flying over the top. Uh, yep. Wow. I, I don't, there's not much else to say about that scene other than just wow. I mean, people are calling it like I, I as, as I w- on Sunday night, I hadn't watched it yet and I was about to watch it on and I'm starting to watch it on like my iPad, like falling asleep next to my kid. Right. And I'm starting to watch it. And like, uh, my brother's like, Oh my God, have you seen Game of Thrones? I'm like, stop it. And like, and as I'm watching the episode, like the, you know, like the things that come down on yeah, your iPad, the like alerts, text, yeah. the text is like, Oh my God, Game of Thrones. Holy shit. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. I'm like, stop it. I'm just, I'm trying to watch it. Shut up. You and know? the guy even did that to you. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, <laughs> so I'm just like, Oh God, something is about to happen. Something's about to happen. And then it happens. And I was like, <gasps> and then like when the dragon comes over and like just people get torched. You remember the thing we talked about with like the 20 people uh, getting uh, t- uh, set on fire in one shot that set like a television record. Like you see that and you're like oh my goodness so normally we get these like in the second to last episode also also called the penultimate episode of the season we did it we're in episode four we're getting this crazy stuff already and like last week we're all like this is the greatest episode ever like all this stuff happened now this stuff's happening in episode four it's crazy i think i've said that four weeks in a row now (laughs) we got got like three weeks left like what's gonna happen it's gonna be even more awesome i don't know my head's gonna explode oh Oh, man (sighs) if you are not watching game of thrones I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's it's uh, sorry, not sorry. Take you know? 60 hours, 64 yes. hours, and go catch up, and we'll right. talk about it next week. <laughs> I can certainly see a time where we, two years from now, we get done with this entire series, and we do this epic recap yeah. of, of everything that kind of went down, and we'll put that out there into the ethos for people to to do that. I hope that by that time, I will have finished all of the books. I, I am into book one at this point. I've, I've, I've been reading. Yeah, I've read book one. It's, so it's, it's interesting. It's it's. 
gives you a whole new perspective on some of the lore that they've shown you in the TV series. And and frankly, I've preferred that I didn't read the books before I saw the TV series. I'm agreeing with you on this. And now that I'm going back and reading through it, it's got so much more value now that I've invested and understand the story from the TV series. I agree with you on that as well. So to end the episode, we had this massive cliffhanger, which even though we've spoiled everything else, we are not going to spoil that, and you will just have to wait until next week or go back and watch it yourself. But let's move on and do some quick hits. Hey, Andy, HBO gave out some details about the new Watchmen show, saying that it might actually not be a direct adaptation. Well, um, we all thought that this would certainly be like the great, like, tw- like, um, just like Game of Thrones. It's a twelve comic book story. It should have been a twelve, like, one hour thing, like twelve hours of Watchmen, right? Direct adaptation. The movie tried to do it in two and a half to three hours, right? Should have been great. Twelve, twelve hours, twelve episodes done. Watchmen the way it should be. But guess who got involved? I think Lindelof wants ah, to write twelve seasons. There you go. Not but he wants, twelve episodes. But he wants to take. He wants to make it sort of a whatever. And yeah, and there'll no, be a smoke monster. No, it's a per- It's a perfect story. Don't mess with it. Just make it how it was. Make the long version of it. We're far enough away from the t- the Watchmen movie, which was good and a yes. good ad- adaptation of it. If you're a fan of that stuff, don't mess with it. If you're a fan of blue penises, yeah, Lindelof, just keep making the leftovers. Stop making Watchmen. They just rewrite most of his stuff anyway. That's the funniest part of the whole thing. Anyway, apparently. <laughs> Eli Roth is doing a Death Wish remake with none other than Bruce Willis himself. What do you think of this? Did you I, watch the trailer? I kind of didn't watch it because I was so mad about the thought of this, but I like Eli Roth. Did you see the trailer? Did you watch it? I did. I have seen it. Okay, I, just tell me what you think because that's all I want to hear. It, it looks it looks fine. I dig the story. Uh, is Bruce Willis the right person to probably be in this role? No. It, it felt oh. like it. I, I don't think he needed to be. it needed to be Bruce Willis, but I understand, you know, you know, Eli Roth, Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez, they kind of run in the same sure, circles. Sure. Bruce has been a bunch of Tarantino stuff. Okay. It, 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 that's where I draw it to. But I think they could have done something a little bit different than Bruce Willis for this, you know, his smirk and diehard kind of thing um, that would have made it a little bit more engaging. However, I do want to go out and vouch for Bruce Willis on one thing. I watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Venice this oh, past yeah. weekend. Okay. Uh, it was actually surprisingly a lot of fun. Really? The dynamic between Bruce Willis and John Goodman on screen is a lot of fun to watch. And you throw Jason Momoa in there as like this East East LA Cholo. Okay. And he's this drug dealer in Venice, but he's a friendly drug dealer, right? But he still shoots people. That said, <laughs> Rules. It's, it's, there is all kinds of little dark comedy and stuff that goes into this And Once Upon a Time in Venice. I'm a fan of Bruce, seeing Bruce Willis continue to work as long as he's not just phoning it in like he has been for a while now. Yes. Um, he's got another film where he's a corrupt cop coming out with Hayden Christensen. Ooh. Uh, I cannot remember what the name of that one is for the life of me, but uh, yeah, he's we're seeing a little bit of a resurgence of, of Brucey here, so I'm, I'm excited about this. All right. Uh, d- hey, have you seen the, uh, the Twitter account for The Last Blockbuster? Huh? Is it legitimately? Is this the real blockbuster video? <laughs> okay, so I, I saw is it this, in like Abilene, Texas, or something. It's shit? somewhere. I think it's in Florida or something. So I think I think there are. I think uh, believe it or not, there are five or something blockbuster stores actually still in existence. <laughs> really? So it's not dead yet, right? Okay. So I looked up this, or somebody sent me something. That apparently, there is a blockbuster video store that sends out hilarious tweets. Um, their their Twitter handle is and follow this if you can because it's funny. It's yep. at Lone Blockbuster. Okay, all right. They are representing themselves, like I said, as the last blockbuster store, and they send tweets out like each day that are just funny. It'll be like, "Hey, we're at the uh, we're at the boobies part in Titanic. If you guys want to come over and watch it, 
awesome. Or like they're like, hey, if you uh, if you come over and you try to put your videos back in the quick drop thing, they don't fit anymore. So stop trying to smash it through right. the window. Like it's stuff like that. If you checked out your VCR from Blockbuster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, we, man. We, we, well, we don't have a Blu-ray shelf, so can you guys stop trying to rent Blu-rays? From it? like, it's stuff like that. It's like really <laughs> funny. So if you get a chance to go check that out, it's asking pretty Asking why we don't have Blu-rays <laughs> yeah. is like asking why a homeless person doesn't have a MacBook Pro. Yeah, think, exactly. yeah. that was the other one. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> well, hey, we've talked a lot about VR on this show, virtual reality in the past, and apparently there's a new Star Wars hyper-reality experience. That's oh, called, what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is called Secrets of the Empire. Sold. Uh, it's being built by a company called The Void, uh, initially launching in New York and Toronto. Uh, but this is a thing where it comes with a backpack and a VR headset. So you're so, not going to be tied to any kind of console or thing anymore, right? Or your computer, PC. You're gonna. It's going to be connected to this your backpack. You're going to look like you a like, bounty hunter walking. Gives you around. the. Gives, yeah, you get to walk around and not yeah. be like in a square spot. Like, right. Okay. Right. Um, so the idea here is this is going to be presented by Disney. Oh. Disney has kind of thrown their chips into the table on VR a little bit. Here's the interesting part, though. This is not going to require park admission. It's not going to be inside of the Disney theme parks. Ooh. They're going to put it in the downtown Disney areas, like where the ESPN zones and the yeah. the other pla- the oh, Lego stores yes. and those places, right? So you're just going to be able to walk in, park, walk in, and you'll get to play VR headset, backpack thingy, whatever, Secrets of the Empire, sure, it might whatever cost, it is. Sure, it might cost you a couple of bucks, but it won't cost you the $110 I paid yesterday to walk Ouch. around Disney yesterday. <laughs> and look, I'm a Disney fan. I've been there a million times. Yesterday I went there. Here's something funny. Yeah. I, I have this this Apple Watch now, so I looked at like my steps, so just a regular trip to Disney with the family. I'm how many, scared. How many steps do you think I'm going to go 15,000. 21,000 oh, steps gosh. just in one park, not going to California Adventure, just in like the regular park. 21,000 steps for nine and a half miles. I was guessing high. I was I was really thinking 10 to 12,000, but I was not like, me, I'll like, go 15. That's not like me racing around from like ride to ride. That's just oh general walking God. around and well, doing stuff. Well, at least stuff. you're in good shape. I guess so. You know? I, I am after that one. <laughs> God, my feet would kill me after that. Hey, Adam West did a final turn as the Caped Crusader recently. Uh, yep, uh, yep, and, yep. and RIP Adam, but we're going to get to see him one last time in the sequel to last year's uh, Batman versus Two Face thing that came out. Actually, last year's was the Batman Return of the Cape Crusader. Right. Oh, I th- yes. Okay. I think we, I think we talked about it on the show. Like, I took yeah. my daughter to see it in the theater. Right. right. It was an animated it was in November. Yeah. Yeah. What it was? It last was fall. It, yeah. It was an animated like. Um. It it was based in like the sort of '60s Batman universe, and like mm-hmm. Adam West played Batman, Burt Ward played Robin, and it was they they did a cartoon based in that world. Well, they're doing a sequel, as you just mentioned, uh, Batman versus Two Face. Guess who's doing the voice of the Two Face guy? Uh, who? Well, I don't know. Who would it be? Who should it be? Does he perhaps have a, st- a starship? He might. He could have a starship. 20, 26. Well, why would that matter? <laughs> William Shatner! Yes, William Shatner will be Two-Face in this! That is uh, an interesting casting choice. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I don't know if I'd ever hear William Shatner's voice as Harvey uh, Harvey Dent. Which worked as Harvey Dent. We watched the trailer yeah. tonight. Um, and but is but William I don't know Shatner, if he can get to that well, angry growl well, of Two Face? He did it like the William Shatner growly Two Face. I remember you hearing you <laughs> saying when you were watching the trailer, like that doesn't sound like Shatner. No, no. But I think it was the joke. Anyway, long story short, we'll see how it turns out. I'm anxious to see it. October, I think it's coming. October to video, I think. I don't know if it'll get a theatrical release. Well, it did last year, right? Yes, it did. Oh, okay. Well, maybe they'll do a double bill at one of the art houses or something like that. That'd, That'd be, be cool. cool. 
uh, Karate Kid continues to live on as we are getting yet another, I don't know if I'd call it a sequel. Reboot City! <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're bringing out a 10-episode uh, series exclusively on the new YouTube Red platform. Yes. Called Cobra Kai. Yes. All right? I'm just trying to do this without laughing. No, it's not funny legit. at all. It's awesome. This is real. This is Daniel LaRusso and Johnny Lawrence sitting around sipping tea and reminiscing, reminiscing about the old days it's of the Cobra that. Kai and it's the Reseda Hill Valley Karate Championship. Come on. It's not that. It's apparently, <laughs> It's apparently. yes, it is with with Ralph Macchio as Daniel LaRusso and William Zabka as Johnny Lawrence, and it does take place 30 years after the, the great karate tournament of 1984, which is arguably one of the greatest things that happened in that year, other than maybe the Olympics. Sure. <laughs> okay. This is this is a big deal, dude. Yeah, it is. Karate Kid, man. In Reseda, California. In Reseda, California. <laughs> stone's throw from here. Not right. really like a really long stone throw. We're about 10 minutes away. <laughs> Still. Uh, so this sounds uh, just riveting. It's not going to be a serious thing, though. They say it's a comedy. Here's the thing. Like Netflix and like all, about Netflix, Amazon, all these companies were like, we're, we're, Bidding at it, and YouTube Red won it with all that Google money. I Google guess. went, fuck you, we're taking <laughs> yeah, it. Google money. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's from Will Smith's uh, production company, because apparently his son was in that other dumb Karate Kid movie with Jackie Chan. Right. Is that why? I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Again, sounds just Whatever. absolutely I want to see it, but apparently uh, Daniel LaRusso is now like a big successful something or other, and he's going to meet up with Johnny, and I don't know. But by the end of this, hopefully they're not both in a body bag. Hulu is has announced that they will soon be streaming all 800 episodes of the old ABC TGIF lineup. Yes! And if you're a 90s kid, more importantly a 90s teen, yeah. uh, or you know 12 plus, you're going to remember Full House, Family Matters, Step by Step, Hanging with Mr. Cooper, and your personal favorite... Perfect Strangers. Yeah. Oh, man. Who Balky! Did, yes, who didn't love Balky Bartakamas? Yes, Balky Bartakamas. Oh, I love that show. Here's the thing I'm worried about, though. Like, if we get to watching this and, like, it's not as good as we remember, I'll be like, oh. It's not going to be as good as we remember. Because, like, the same thing happened, like, Dukes of Hazard. I'm like, Dukes of Hazard was awesome. And I watched it. I was like, oh, this is bad and it's, racist. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's extremely racist. It ain't, 20, it ain't 1992 anymore, kids. Ugh. Oh, hey, speaking of classics, uh, we're getting some re-releases on some of our favorite classic movies. This is exciting. The one that we really have to talk about a lot is Close Encounters of the Third Kind is getting a full remaster, retouch, re-release, whatever the hell you want to call it. Sure, 4K, everything. uh, Starting September 1st. I think it might be like a one-weekend thing. It might be a one-night thing. I don't know. We haven't confirmed this, and I'm not sure if it's going to be a 4,000 theater kind of thing or if it's going to be limited to the major cities, or that's something we're looking into, and we'll find out more about that and get back to you in the next week or two. But yeah, they're gonna, they've completely pulled Close Encounters out of the vault, given it a sweet polish, and hopefully they give us a Blu-ray of it as if that repolish as well. Or a 4K Blu-ray. Uh, 4K Ultra HD. Uh can you tell I've been practicing my f- commercial demo? I can't tell at all. <laughs> swear to me. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> the other thing that's getting rebooted is <laughs> two yes. William Shatner references in the same episode. That's a new thing. Wow. We're 43 episodes in, and we've never done two Shatner references. I know what I'm naming the episode now. Shatner. Double Shatner. Double Shatner. We've gone full Shatner. Yes, we have. Star Trek Rathacon re-release is going to be in about 600 or so theaters starting on September 10th 
through Wednesday, September 13th. I think it might just be a two-day thing, only on Sunday and the Wednesday. We'll see. Oh, we'll so see. it's not Sunday through Wednesday. It's just two days. Okay. It should be, but it might not be. It should be, it should be on all the time. Like, celib- I should be able to go to Universal at any time and sit down and watch Star Trek. I have it in my iTunes library, so I can watch it at any time. <laughs> too. As an added bonus to this, there's also a brand new 18-minute William Shatner interview that will precede the film so with all the pauses in the shatter talk it's probably only like six minutes right. of content right well well if i if i talked well. about the movie from the 60s oh yeah <laughs> someday i will tell you a bunch of stories about william shatner wait that's a clue to something we'll see maybe in january i'll tell you some stories what could that be where about has, where in the world was andy san diego all right. Well, we need to talk about one last thing real quick. And that, speaking of some, this is cool. Older movie stuff. Uh, Robert Kirkman, Eli Roth, and James Cameron are all teaming up for a brand new series on AMC called Visionaries. Yeah. Each of them are going to get six one-hour episodes. What? Yeah. It's what? Eighteen hours of awesome. So we get to hear Robert Kirkman spend six hours talking about the secret history of comics. And who's Robert Kirkman? He is the guy who created The Walking Dead. This guy is a genius. He's awesome. Uh, yes, and we all know who Eli Roth is. We all know who James Cameron is. He's James Cameron, explorer <laughs> of the deep. James Cameron is going to be doing one called "The Story of Science Fiction." Huh? Eli Roth is the a working title history of horror so all of this look this is the kind of shit that i geek the hell out over i I know you guys if you're listening to this show you probably do as well so keep an eye out on that we'll be sure to let you know when that is going to come out james cameron has been at the forefront of the industry and pushing technology we need to go talk about this more in the lobby let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat well, Andy, as we've mentioned before, I believe last week, as recent as last week, uh, we, we know now officially that we have four more Avatar movies coming down the pike. And it is, it's come out that Cameron and Weta Digital are already working on Avatar 2. Yep, in the in, previs, like effects stage. Not yep. too far from here down in Playa Vista, California. So the first sequel is due out in 2020. Ooh. And the interesting part of this, which is going to be a little bit of a through line as we go through the lobby here... Uh, is that we're going to be doing it with glasses-free 3D. Interesting. This is uh, where things... So if we look, if we rewind the clock before Avatar, about the early to mid-2000s, after he's James Cameron, explorer <laughs> of the deep, yeah. he decided to invent this whole new camera system once, te- once technology caught up called Fusion 3D, I believe is what he called it, the Fusion Camera System. Yeah. This was used by many directors uh, across the board, uh, this was before the red cameras came out and, and those, that sort of thing. So this is a way he can, James Cameron basically invented 3D in a weird as way. As we know it now. As we know it for modern cinema. And he, it looks like he's doing it again. He's, he's kind of reinventing that stuff again because we've gone through another you know, shift in technology, you know, a, a maturation of sorts uh, with the way things can be done. So if we look at the, the lineup that we've got, by the time we get to 2025 – Mere six or seven years from now, we're going to have five Avatar movies. Okay, so let, let me stop you right there. Yeah. Um, I am not as big of an Avatar fan as you are. I've seen that movie three times. I was a fan 20. of it when I saw it early on. What was it, 2009 or so when it came out, or 2010, something like that, right? And it was, it was a movie-going experience. You had never seen anything like that in a theater. It was absolutely amazing. Um. Say what you will about the story of the movie. It's basically Dances of the Wolves with blue people, 
Um, but some will say Pocahontas. Sure, but yeah. it's it's the same story, and it was it was it was a spectacle. It was it was groundbreaking. It changed the game in all facets of movies, and it eventually got into the actual home as well. He basically said, this is the way that movies are going to be, and this is it. All the theaters had to change the type of projectors that they had in order to do this, and now we're going to have four Avatar sequels. I don't know why we have four. I I would be okay with Avatar 2, and if it's good, give me Avatar 3, and maybe give me Avatar 4, but Avatar 5, I'm going to be... 49 years old when this comes out (laughs) do i think i'm going to still care about avatar at that point i barely care about it now you are on the other side of the coin on this i am tell me me what's up i've seen the first avatar film roughly 20 times it's one of those that i can watch it and it just never gets old for me yeah i I enjoy the acting i of course i'm you know i'm a huge aliens and sigourney weaver fan so the fact that she's in it doing her you know sassy ellen ripley kind of thing in it I love it. I love it, too, from the technology side of it, but I'm more concerned about a story. How are we going to get four more movies out of this? And they've said that Stephen Lang is going to be playing the villain again. Didn't Stephen Lang's character die in the first Avatar? He did. He got stabbed with the giant sword thing by Zoe Saldana's character. So is he going to be an Avatar now? He's going to be an Avatar. No mention of Sam Worthington playing Sam Worthington? There is, actually. (laughs) Is there? All of the original cast is coming back. Okay. Yep. So it's going to be fantastic. And what is the story going to be? I have no idea. How how do you continue that? Are they still on Pandora? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I want to be excited about this deck. I got to be honest with you. I want to be excited about it, but I'm not. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm trepidatious about three this. years away from it. I know. But like, just like I would say like, oh, it's a Star Wars movie. It's fine. You're saying it's an Avatar movie. We're fine. So I can't like argue with you about that. You see what I'm getting at? It's also, he's James Cameron, Explorer. I will we, go we said wa- that. I yeah. told you earlier, I will watch James Cameron carry his trash to the street in th- IMAX 3D if he made it. I'll go see anything that James Cameron does. He's he's one of my top three directors. That okay, that's you, that's yeah. you, but what about the masses? Is I don't this, care about the masses. But it don't, shouldn't, I guess he doesn't have to because he has the Scrooge McDuck Cameron fault. Because he's James Cameron. Yeah, and all, Sorry, the, and, I'm ruining that. and all the other all the other coins he's dug up from the Titanic right. research that he's right. brought back and like, oh, look, here's a coin from the Titanic. Then yeah. here's, <laughs> that'll, fund, <laughs> that'll fund Avatar 4. <laughs> He found the Hope Diamond, the sure, necklace, right? Sure, whatever. With Bill Paxton. So swing it back around. The story aside, because we know nothing about the story yet, the, the thing that's exciting about this is what it means to the future, the next 10 years of content delivery, both at the cinemas and at home. And it has implications across the board from the spectacle-free 3D. I mean, we've, we're witnessing the end. And by spectacle, we mean glasses. We mean glasses, right? We mean you have to wear a set of either passive or active-powered glasses, whether you're at home or in the cinemas. So let's talk about 3D. Yeah. Something interesting has happened. We haven't seen a lot of 3D films come out. Like There was this mad gold rush of 3D films for about five years there. And then now the TV manufacturers have completely stopped as of last year, they don't have any models. None right. of them are making 3D TVs anymore. As of, yeah, all 2017 models from the major TV manufacturers, none of them have 3D. And here's an interesting thing Panasonic, who was the 3D thing, he made that first movie with Panasonic cameras, and it was all Panasonic TVs and Panasonic 3D glasses, which I have. I have a 2011 Panasonic TV that I still have because the picture is so amazing, and I have all the 3D glasses for it. Guess what? Panasonic doesn't make televisions for American audiences anymore it's only it's asia done it's only japan can you only believe japan it? go to a best buy right now tell me if you see a new panasonic tv you don't 
Well, is this specific to IMAX 3D or is this all 3D? This is an interesting thing as well that well, we dug up. We read this week that uh, the head of IMAX said that they're starting to take a step back from making IMAX 3D movies. They're going to continue to make IMAX movies, but they looked at the success of Dunkirk in IMAX, which wasn't 3D. I don't they, think it's just Dunkirk. I think it's all IMAX 2D, 3D iterations. Granted, we saw, like uh, back in May, we saw Guardians of the Galaxy in IMAX 3D. And we enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Did, and you're not as big of a, a 3D fan in the theater as I am, correct? Correct. And and any time that I would go into an IMAX, theater, if I there was a time where if I wanted to see a movie in IMAX, I also had to see it in 3D, which the theaters create an extra upcharge for sure. that. And I, I don't enjoy the passive 3D experience in the movie theaters because it pulls focus in corners because that screen is so damn big. Yeah. Now, what I will say is that any time that I'm... I've watched a 3D film at home with the active powered glasses. Or at my house, right? Yeah. Uh, you're anywhere. It's it's a matter of, of just the different way the way the technology is delivered differently. So no, any any time I wanted to see a movie in IMAX and it was only offered in IMAX 3D, it kind of dug into my craw a little bit because I, I just I don't want to see it. I just want to see it in IMAX 2D. I think Gravity was an example of this, if I remember right. Yeah, I they, saw it. it well, they didn't offer it in IMAX 2D. It was only IMAX 3D. Which was amazing. I loved it. Okay. But I'm also a 3D fan much more than maybe than you are. Like, yeah. I will always choose to go see a movie in 3D if I can. Um, I saw Valerian in 3D. Did it make it any better? No. I'm go- am I glad that I saw it in 3D? Did it make it a little bit better? Yeah. There are a dozen movies I can rattle off that were in IMAX 2D that I am so thankful that they weren't in 3D. Uh, Elysium comes to mind. Okay. Oblivion comes to mind. Uh, a lot of these, and yes, a lot of them were just converts or upscaling, whatever. Yeah. But the the idea that that movie was potentially in 3D would just is mind numbing. See, I'm always going to choose to see a movie in 3D if I can. Yes, there's a there's a charge, maybe three or four dollars more than the actual ticket price. Uh, whether or not the masses are, are doing that, uh, apparently that's a thing. If IMAX is saying, we don't want to do the IMAX 3D thing because we don't see as much of a return for it, maybe that's a thing. I don't know. Like all the Transformers movies, IMAX 3D, like that's like a thing. It's an experience. And that's supposedly going to get people into the theaters. So why aren't you going to all the 4D shows if you're always going to go see the the other things? I mean, why not get water squirted in your face and the, your seat shook around? I would do, I did for Valerian. I did the D-Box thing. That was like yeah. kind of 4D, but it's not 4 Do they have a 4D thing? I guess yeah, they the do. Yeah, the LA right? Live Theater. Regal oh, yeah, yeah. Right? I haven't been there yet. Maybe I'll check that out. But I don't know the movie that I'm going to do that that's I out saw now. Fa- fa- Fast of the Fate of the fa- fa- uh, Furious fa- thing. Fa- 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 yeah. fa- <laughs> in, in 4D. All right. And they have little buttons on the seats where you can turn the water off because the first time that, how, that happened, I was like, nope, that's not happening anymore. We're not doing that shit. That wasn't water. That was gasoline. Oh, no. <laughs> Coming out of the exhaust pipe with a Dodge Charger. <laughs> so the where we want to go with this is at the end of the day, those numbers were down. There's a reason that this stuff, there's a reason TV manufacturers stopped making 3Ds is because people weren't buying them. Yeah. There's a reason theaters stop showing 3D movies is because people weren't going to see them, yeah. right? To me, what this leads to is something that came out this week where we saw Box Office Mojo reported that for the first time in a long time, the summer season of the blockbuster kind of tentpole movies yeah. is down almost 10% in the from month, where it was last year. In the month of July, though, No, right? this is May, June, this is the summer season, May, June, July. Okay. Um, so last year there was a bit of a surge, three or four percent. This year it's down eight to ten percent from where it was last year, which makes no effing sense to me because as we've talked about many times on this show, this year starting all the way back, you can go all the way back to March if you want to with Beauty and the Beast and Logan and John Wick Two and 
But starting in May, that summer season, you come right out of the gate with Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yep. And every single freaking weekend, there has been a massive tentpole blockbuster movie. There is no excuse why people shouldn't be lined up around the block every single weekend, right? Well, it's not because of 3D, or maybe it is. It has nothing to do with 3D. But those are screens it's that are getting taken corollary. up. But those are screens that are getting taken up with 3D that maybe people don't want to go to because they don't want to spend the extra dollar. Maybe. I don't think that's the case, but it's a matter of people just aren't going to the movies. It's what we've been predicting. And what this really leads to is this is all going to tie together by the time we get to all of this, right? So James Cameron is making a whole new 3D fusion system, but the TV manufacturers have stopped. The theaters have stopped. Box office numbers are down because people aren't going to the theaters anymore. And today we got an announcement as we're recording on Wednesday, August 9th. Disney announced that they bought a 42% more share in BAMTech. Andy, what is BAMTech? BAMTech is the company that allows you to watch Major League Baseball games and NHL hockey games on your phone and your iPad. Arguably the best streaming service of a live event that there is out there, in my opinion. Their interfaces, their actual uh, presentation of the games themselves and the things you can do in those, it's absolutely amazing. BAMTech is a background platform that allows you to do things like extreme analytics, um, scaling out, uh, streaming certain things. It doesn't have to be sports, but they've built this master platform to allow you to do all of these things. Why would Disney buy a majority share in something like BamTech? Because Disney has announced that they are going to be pulling all of their movies from Netflix <gasps> and starting their own Disney Flicks, if you want to call it that. We don't know what it's going to be called yet. <laughs> so he- great. So here's the thing. So. Hopefully it's something smarter than Disney XD. One of the big when you go to when you go to your homepage of Netflix, you'll see all the Netflix content. But you typically see all of the Disney movies that are on there, right? All the Disney movies are not going to be on there. It's coming in 2019, so we've got the end of this year, all of next year, and then they're gone, and you can't get them anymore. And Disney is like, hmm, maybe we just want to have our own thing and have all of our own movies on our own streaming platform, and that's what they're going to do. Now, you and I, fans of say Daredevil or Punisher or whatever the Defenders, were worried like, oh no, does that mean that they're not going to be on Netflix anymore? No. What happened there was they made a deal early on in the distribution that says they own it with Netflix. Netflix actually produces those shows, so they still kind of owe them. So if you want to still be able to watch your Disney Netflix shows, like, uh, well, I'm sorry, your Marvel Netflix shows, you could still watch them on Netflix. But if you want to watch Rogue One or Moana or uh, The Cat from uh, Outer Space or whatever Disney movies are on Netflix, you won't be able to anymore from 2019. You'll have to get a separate subscription that is going to make it a Disney thing. Which makes me wonder, are they the first in a long line of studios that are going to do this? What do you yes, think? Yes, I think this is a sign of the times. I think Netflix has... There's a couple of things that come into play here, right? There's the Netflix maybe have alienated some people with their position of we're not going to do theatrical releases. Right. We're, and we want to, but we're going to put it on Netflix at the, on the same day. Yeah. Cool? Yeah. No, it's not cool, guys. Uh, at the same time, uh, we've got all of these other studios that have been licensing their content to this third party called Netflix, while at the same time, they're off building all their own original content that competes with all of this content that they're licensing. Yeah. So this is a perfect kind of maelstrom of things that are all happening at the same time, and I think you're absolutely right. I think Disney is the first, and good for them for being the first one to step up and do it. I couldn't think of anybody better to kind of really pull this off from a studio perspective, um, but Disney stepping up and going, yep, we're going to go build our own streaming service. 
We're Disney, yeah. MFers. We don't need all these other third parties. We can just do our own thing. Which is interesting because if I remember, like uh, it was probably three or four months ago before I left, there was all this talk amongst like the 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 stock market people that Disney was going to buy Netflix. Remember that and all, then they would own all that sort of stuff. And Disney just said, "No, nope, we're not going to buy it. We're going to make." That's just a- part of the annual but rumor no, mill. But then they're going to make their own. And yeah. think about what Disney has to offer in this. They have not Everything. just the Disney movies, all the Star Everything. Wars movies, all the Indiana Jones movies, all the Marvel movies. Movies, all like all, the Muppets, all of that stuff they own, and then you could just pay seven, eight dollars a month to have access to all of it. It's genius. Why wouldn't you? I'm going to do it. Yeah, right. The question becomes, though, that's a great point. The question becomes, do you cancel your Netflix subscription? No, I don't because I like the Marvel shows enough, and I like seeing all the stand-up comedy. Are those stuff. not also going to be on the Marvel shows specifically? Not also going to be on the Disney I, platform? I can't say that, but I like Stranger Things, and I like uh, just like HBO. I like House Game Card, Stranger yeah, Things. Yeah, I like HBO. I like Game of Thrones. I'm going to keep my HBO subscription. Same thing. So it's another subscription. It's they want a piece of that money. Yep. They want a bigger piece of that money from you is what's happening. I, and then you look at it like this. Why wouldn't Warner Brothers like, hmm, we have all the Looney Tunes cartoons and we have all the DC characters and we have all of this and we have Mad Max and we have all the other things that people would like. Warner Brothers is like, hmm, maybe we should have our own thing. We're Time Warner. Also, we own HBO. So we like they could do it. Paramount could be like, hmm, we're Viacom. We own CBS. We own this. We own this. So like suddenly all of these things that are on Netflix besides the Netflix content could suddenly be separate things. It's kind of a scary thing for Netflix. For a consumer, you'd have to spend more money, and then are you getting into your monthly expenditures being exactly what you would have had if you spent it on a cable thing? I don't know. And I'm kind of completely okay with that because I get the a la carte ad-free nature of consuming content that I only I want to watch on demand all the time, not beholden to some time slot or ad slot or any of that other kind of stuff. I think this all adds up to... Hollywood is basically going through this thing where it's reinventing itself right now. This is a massive shift in it, like the way it's in content happening. distribution specifically, yes. um, not the way anything's made specifically, but the way that it's distributed to consumers. And I think this has a direct effect on what kind of stuff is getting in the theaters, what the theaters themselves, which we've talked about after CinemaCon or whatever it was mm-hmm. uh, that NATO had, has a direct effect on how they're going to be a proprietor of whatever establishment they have is it just going to be movies are they going to turn it into theme parks and all kinds of interactive experiences with vr backpacks and sure. the stuff we talked about earlier sure. i don't this is a complete overhaul of of how we're going to consume content and you said something earlier that really stuck with me by the way what was that that was that james cameron might know something we don't and i buy into that i i i think that if he doesn't know he basically is just going to go out there and create it. Yeah. And I think if we're forward-looking enough to look at 2025 as a stake in the ground, if we will, right? How are how is the content-consuming experience going to be in your home? Let's forget about theaters for the moment. Sure. We're going to have little lay-flat kind of panels that just either glue or double-sided sticky tape no more HDMI cables, no more none of that crazy stuff. Everything's going to be Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or whatever the next technology is. And we'll probably have gigabit internet to make this streaming possibility like flawless, yeah, right? You guys are uh, most people are talking about 5G at this point. It's it's going to be so ubiquitous at a certain point where you're not even going to you're not even going to have routers and switches and all of that stuff. It's all just going to be software. It's all just going to be ubiquitous connectivity. It's going to be gigabit internet to your mobile devices if we even still have phones. mobile devices. Yeah. Dare I say air quotes phones. I don't know if they're even going to be called phones anymore. Nobody calls anybody anymore. That said, 
This is a great move forward, and I think Disney just kicked the first domino over literally today. And I, and I agree with you on that. And then the other thing about the screens themselves, if you're saying Cameron is, is pushing the envelope with the whole glasses-free 3D, Nintendo kind of did it with the 3DS on a sure. screen that's like like three inch, uh, three inch across or four inch across, right? So imagine that in your home because the technology exists. Mm-hmm. Because there's going to be a thing where it's maybe it may not even be a screen like you're talking about with an actual screen. There might just be like a thing that projects onto your wall that's the size of a pen. What or if it's pencil. just in your wall? Yeah, it could be that too. Who knows? We're we're nine years away. The way the technology advances on a on an exponential rate daily now is insane. So yes, you're right. I think he knows something. I think I was right when I said I think he knows something that we don't. The big thing for me is also, I said that I didn't really know what the story was going to be. I don't care about a two, three, or four, or five of Avatar, but you know who does? The global market. Yep. The global market is going to be the ones that basically decide what's going to happen. Well, outside of the scope of him creating those movies to make money, I think it has a bigger side effect on the industry as a whole. And I think that's going to be the fun part of this to watch. Not that there's an Avatar 3 coming out in so many years, but the fact that this is going to usher in a, a whole new era of technology for filmmaking, for consumption of content. And you know, you combine all of these things into one big ball, and we're going to get to this point where Cameron is kind of just, you know, combined with Disney today, is really just kicking that off. What we've seen in the last couple of weeks, which seemed like just throwaway news stories, aren't. It, to me, the gauntlet has been dropped. Yes. It's basically saying, guess what? You're going to have glasses-free 3D in a theater, which is eventually going to get into your home in some way because 3D with glasses is over as far as the home TV makers have said. And Disney has said, you know what? We're also going to make our own thing, and we're going to make the first step into on-demand based on actual content. And they've set off a chain reaction, we yes. believe, yes. of all of the other studios potentially following suit and coming up with their own streaming services, much like Disney is doing today. How it's going to be delivered, I think, is undetermined at this point. This is something that we are really going to be watching closely over the next few months to see how it develops. All right, so over to some fun stuff. While we are saying that 3D is basically dead, it's not. There's one thing, and I hate to bring this guy up, but the one thing that this guy did that was amazing, and I'm going to talk about the king of pop, Michael Jackson. Huh? Yeah. So do you remember Thriller, the video, the whole like story thing? Not the actual song, but there was like the movie that was with yeah. it. It was like a 28-minute movie, right? John Landis directed that. Really? So okay. it is a long-rumored and highly anticipated by the fans, Michael Jackson's Thriller in 3D, finally, will make its premiere at the Venice Film Festival, not Venice, California, but Venice, Italy, in 2017, and they are going to actually show this movie in 3D, and they've gone back and remastered and done everything in 3D. So that will lead us to our... Lightning Round! Name as many Michael Jackson songs as you can, or Weird Al Yankovic parodies of michael jackson songs <laughs> are you ready okay, uh, i think so yeah man this is gonna take me back to my childhood yeah this will be good for what it's worth folks i did not see this coming we do not talk about these in advance yeah this is a surprise sorry <laughs> but uh oh, God. but here we go ready michael jackson songs and go thriller yep beat it yep billy jean yep smooth criminal yes uh which was also covered by Alien Ant Farm, which was oh, almost so better good. than the Michael so Jackson good. Yeah, version. yeah, yeah. I know that's heresy. Yes, um, no, yeah. I think it's better too. Uh, they don't care about us. That one, whatever that was. Uh, uh, Man in the Mirror. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you Are Not Alone. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Dirty Diana. Yes. Yep, did yep. I say bad already? Yeah, we did. You did. We talked about, yeah, we talked about I'm fat. fat. I'm fat. Yep, yep, yep. So why do I do that in Cartman voice? I don't know. <laughs> the way 
you make me Remem- feel. You gotta remember the time. Oh, that one's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't stop till you get enough. Oh, good one. Good that's, one. That's good good one. one. Good one. Yeah. Uh, you did Dirty Diana. Last one I'll say that you haven't said. Oh, there's is- another one off Thriller. Oh, what? Wanna be starting something. Wanna be starting something. Wanna be starting something. Wanna be starting something. I did a Cartman voice, too. <laughs> PYT, pretty yeah. young thing. PYT. Thriller is, you know what? Mostly I grew up listening to Thriller with my parents. Yeah. Arguably one of the best albums, if not all time, of at least the 80s. It's one of the highest selling albums it, of yeah, all time, for it, it's, sure. It's right up there with the Beatles and the Eagles as far as uh, top selling stuff. So, I mean, it's still selling like gold record level mm-hmm. numbers, uh, even in 2017. So. Uh, I hope I did okay with that you one. You did great. You did great. I threw it at you at like last minute. That's a tough yeah, one. It's not oof. music we typically listen to, but it's still like it's still legendary. Uh, take his whatever you want to say about the guy out of it. But, uh, you know. Uh, oh, Human it, Nature. I forgot about uh, that one. That's a fantastic song. Yeah, yeah. Again, on Thriller. Jesus Christ. All ABC, of the ones I know are on ABC technically is Jackson, <laughs> yeah, Jackson 5, 5, right? Yeah. Right, right. Well, that was a lot of fun, guys. Uh, I hope you enjoyed kind of the twisted kind of different format that we did today. We wanted to get into more opinionated commentary and less of us just rattling off news. Yeah. So we're trying this out. We'll, yeah. see, we'll see how it goes. Please reach out and let us know what you guys think. Uh, find us on Twitter at concession stand or send us an email if you'd like cs at orbitaljigsaw.com or leave us a review on the iTunes store. Let us know what you think. Yeah, we want to hear from you for sure. Thank you very much for all the feedback that's been coming in over the reign of the show. We're approaching, Andy, our one-year anniversary. Yeah, three weeks away. We are going to have to do something very special for that. So stay tuned, listeners, because we have some, <laughs> some plans in the works, as you could say. I'm Nick Howell. You can find me over on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I'm Andy Nelson. You can find me at Andy Nelson76, also on Twitter. But until next week, later! Bye! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.